by Jake Anderson. Jake, something we've talked about the last couple of weeks is, I don't know what else to call it, just like this kind of skid we've seen from the from Rising. And it's fair, it's maybe feels unfair to expect them to be as dominant as they've been the entire season. But this is the type of thing where even if, even if this team, so they're coming off a 2-1, they lost 2-1 to Monarchs. We'll talk about that a bit. But the thing here is that even if this was a playoff team that was performing at a regular rate, like they're slightly above the threshold of points or whatever, we'd be talking about their form heading into the pre heading into the postseason being poor, and we're talking about a team that won twenty in a row and is dominating this league, and they're just in a really tough spot. What did you see specifically from the game? Because I, I think you tweeted this, and I saw the same thing. Just the final ball wasn't there. It, it was not there. Yeah, Sean spoke to that and talking about the 2-1 loss to Monarchs. But I think this is a run of form that regardless of where you are in the standings, if you're about to go into the playoffs and you've dropped, what? They have a draw, they have two losses and a win. So they only have four points in their last four matches. So you're dropping eight points going yeah. to the playoffs. Luckily, this isn't going to affect... Their home field advantage, which happened last year when they only got one point from their last three. But, yeah, on Saturday, I think that was the perfect example of what can happen in the playoffs. What can happen in the postseason, a one-game elimination. And for all intents and purposes, Phoenix dominated the match. I mean, they had the ball the entire time. and they it's, had... it's important to mention that, yeah, they, they were the better side, but... Yeah, they was shooting like crazy he outshot him 24 to 11 I mean it was just that final ball that you could see if you watch the match the shots were off target or right at the keeper and you know they're just wide they're just not on frame the final ball the final pass whatever needed to happen wasn't there you know and there were a couple penalty shouts um you know we don't get the greatest of replays in the press box just because you know you have to watch the game while you're watching the replay real quick and unfortunately you're not even offered that many good angles so I I know for a fact one of Rising's penalties I did not think was a penalty but I think in trying not to be a homer here I think everyone is in agreement that the penalty that Rise or excuse me that Monarchs was given was not a pen no um, Rick Schantz answered that very quickly Post game, you say, you know, not a chance, no penalty for me. So, again, it's a very, very good example of what can happen um, in the postseason in any round. And like we've talked about, you don't even have to score to lift the USL Cup. I mean, you go to every game goes nil nil, and you win in pens, and you're the one holding that trophy. And perhaps not the team that could potentially, with a win, have the greatest season points wise in league history. So so I think the most worrying thing for me is that they go on the road and it was important for us to distinct that those three games away, they were three straight games away. But you come back home, you got two games at home to figure this out. And the first one, you do not figure it out. I mean, the the 
epitome of you got one game, we're not playing home and away, we're not playing aggregate, ball in the box, Lubin drops it, headed in. And you, I didn't could, even bring that, that up. I didn't that bring could that be up. your Great fate point. in the quarterfinals, semifinals, finals, because the margin for error is so high that if you can't figure out your offensive woes, and I'm going to call them woes because this is a team, I don't know if you know the stat off the top here, how many goals they're averaging a game. It's got to be at least two and a half, three, I would assume, somewhere in there. At least two. Journalism major, but I can do some math. <laughs> there we go. Um it's, they've got they're not scoring a lot in these games either and, and they had the five three win but I mean that's just one of those games I throw out two point six one two point six one a game so you score a goal in this game you're at one one already you're just leaving the margin for air for those little mistakes to cost you and, and quite frankly Jake in this league in this style of play that I've been getting accustomed to over the course of the full season as a soccer fan who had not watched the USL or much of rising prior those things happen a lot more in these games than other games I'm used to watching in terms of just a poor back pass, a poor touch. I mean, we see it at every level. Otamendi had the play against Norwich infamously, uh, so I'm not saying it doesn't happen there, but just more and more frequently in this league you see these goals where it it is just a humongous error by the defender, the goalkeeper, the defense, not marking someone, whatever it is, and that type of play from Lubin, it just it just shows how quickly things can get away from you. And I just I'm gonna say it, I need to see Adam John or Solomon Asante score, particularly solo in this last game. It's just not um for the standards that they should be held to with how well they have played all season, I think it's fine for them to go through a little bit of a cold streak and that's fine, but now they need to they need to figure it out. And if it's still going on in I think the interesting thing for me is if we don't see it in the next game, which again, so they play Friday, last dollar beer night at home against OKC, and then the quarterfinals are the following weekend. If we don't see it against OKC, that's fine. But I think not only if this continues in Friday's game, not only do they need to win that quarterfinals match quite obviously, but I think they need to get their act together and kind of just thrash that team. We need to see one of those 3-0, even if it's 2-0, 4-0, 5-1 type of wins for them to get back on track, because if this is the team we're seeing, not only could they lose every game, I don't think they could be considered really the favorites to win the whole thing if they play like this again against OKC. I think they just need to snap back into it, because if this is the team that we're going to see, or a team just slightly better than this even, they are going to get bounced. They are not going to win four in a row to win the whole thing. So, just looking at the standings right now, and there's really no telling what's going to happen, because the bottom half of the West is just a scramble but to kind of I guess jump at the defense of the team or at least put in a little bit of perspective no Junior Flemings who actually scored his first international goal for Jamaica shouts to Junior um and also Real Monarchs not a bad team I mean right now they're in fourth place that was a big 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 win for them and now with the match in hand on the rest of the west it kind of looks like they're going to fall into that four spot so theoretically if one through four win in the quarterfinals, guess who's playing each other again in the Western semis? That's going to be Monarchs again. But also, with the addition of the play-in matches here, you have seven versus ten, eight versus nine. Lowest seed will be playing Phoenix Rising on three days rest. But New Mexico United, who's currently in 11th, has a game in hand. And if they were to win that match, they would bounce San Antonio and... New Mexico United would be the 10th seed. So should the 10th seed win, guess who's coming here to play Rising? 
So, really? So it's, I didn't know that. It's wow. kind of uh, it's kind of not a daunting or scary task, but it's hey, these teams that you've just lost to and tied to might be playing you in back to back rounds. It like, is very very likely, and who knows? In the final, you play a Reno or a Fresno, the three teams that have given you trouble in the last month are potentially your playoff opponents. We'll do the checklist when we're coming into um, the playoff game and, and just see where they're at exactly in terms of opposition, their finishes. We'll do Our next much... recording will be the day of the playing games. So. Yeah, so we'll be we'll be looking specifically at, okay, if it's El Paso or whoever, we'll, we'll look at how they played against El Paso, how those games went, and the good thing is we've seen all those games. We talked about all those games, so we'll be able to really look at specific, much more specificity to, to those discussions about the specific teams, but... I've been preaching about it with New Mexico. They have not beat New Mexico yet this year. And this is a, again, they have dominated, steamrolled this league, but they have not. So that's the first And game. Fresno. They didn't beat Fresno. <sighs> Man, that's. Uh, but I'm OKC not... is in 15th. To go back to your point about thrashing, Yeah, this is a team they need to beat. Yeah, and convincingly. Uh, and I know they want this record. They That points record, they need a win. It's not going to be the end of the world if they don't get it, but... I don't expect to see a half lineup. I expect to see at least a half full lineup. It'd be interesting to see who's going to be in net. I, I want to see so. Ooh, yeah, that's a good point. Is this? Is this? Do you think Lubin's air is enough for Waz to just come back and be the one for? I the don't think so, but I wouldn't be surprised. He's been, Lubin's been great. Oh, absolutely. All year. He's been so good. I wouldn't be surprised if Waz got the start against OKC just to get him kind of some more game minutes right before the postseason. But if you really want that go for the win or just one more match to where we get everyone together on their feet, minutes under their wings kind of thing, then I would expect to see a, a more full lineup. Looking forward to Friday's match, John Baccaro did not look 90-minute fit being a Oh boy! Now Rick Schantz said it after the game. He's not ninety-minute fit. Mm. Um, he's getting there. Jason Johnson. That Need. is obvious that he is not ninety-minute fit. I mean, you're you're playing yeah. and you're healthy, but like yeah. it's game shape and it's something that doesn't come easy. So, I mean, everyone's a little banged up coming in, but for a team that did something as special as they did this season, seeing injuries having an effect and the form that they're in right now. Well, this is just what happens when you start winning, because when you start winning and show you are a certain class of team, there are expectations that come with that. Mm-hmm, and just like I use the word unacceptable a couple of times in the past couple of weeks, and that's just what comes to mind with the way that they are playing right now, because to use another sport, you look at what happened with the Milwaukee Bucks a couple of years ago. They're this young upstart. They've got a couple of really exciting young players. And last year, they make a run all the way to the Eastern Conference. The finals, they almost make it to the finals. Giannis is the MVP. And they're just they're, they're this really fun young team that, wow, they won 60 games and they're top of the East. Look at them. Now they go into this season and it's like they got to make the NBA Finals. There's just certain expectations that come with it. And in season for Rising, we went into the season talking about how they are probably the top dog in this league, if not one of them. And now they have separated themselves as that. So to just, again, kind of start falling off here at the end of the season is is concerning. There's certain things not going their way as well. Like you mentioned, the health of Piccaro and Johnson. I think Johnson off the bench is a huge X factor for them in the postseason because there is going to be... I. I hate making guarantees and promises and stuff. 
and I feel scared saying this because you can just shove it back in my face so easily, but I guarantee one of these four games, if they go all the way and they win the whole thing, one of these four games, the offense is going to be at a lull 45 to 60 minutes in. They are going to have some game where they're either scoreless or they're 1-1 and they barely got lucky to get that first goal and they're going to need some offensive injection in there and that's where the life comes off the bench with Jason Johnson. So to hear that about him, of course, he's not going to start, but still to hear that about him is disheartening and the same thing with Baccaro because if the offense is in a lull that's probably because Baccaro isn't out there and that's something we've seen during this stretch quite consistently do you to kind of wrap this up and look at the OKC game specifically with the form that they are in how heavy do you go in the starting 11 I said I think Solo needs to start I think he does maybe he comes out in the 45th 60th minute but I think he needs to start and he needs to get a goal same with John yeah it's been a while since those guys have scored which again after the whole win streak isn't alarming, but it's kind of like what's going on here. Yeah, I would definitely at least. Well, that's the thing is, so Corey Whelan got a red card, and how many matches does he sit? Just one, unless okay. the league would deem um, violent conduct. What which, happened there exactly? By the way, the broadcast didn't get it. Okay, so I've reseen it and taken. You know, not the best quality zoom that you can get from the one angle you get from the broadcast, but it actually looked like they misidentified the person who should have gotten the red. VAR would have actually fixed that. One of the few times I <laughs> compliment VAR. But so. As it, you should, yeah. So from. I was on the other end of the pitch where we do the press conferences, which is on the north end, which is the opposite of the, the supporter section. So it all happened down there. Seeing Corey walk off the field, he kind of gave the, like, elbow sign. And so when you look back on the replay, you see a, I forget who the player was from Monarchs, but has some contact with, it appears to be Whelan, but then it appears to be Ben Spencer is the one to give what they're being called a headbutt. Um, That's what Sean's heard. And by headbutt, on a scale of one to Zinedine Zidane, it was like a one or a two at best. It was one of those where your heads are already together, and Ben Spencer kind of like moves his head forward. My man Zidane followed through with his head. Oh, yeah. Perfect camera angle. My man just... Honestly, the fact that the Monarchs player didn't fall to the ground (laughs) holding his face actually surprised me. That's a thing you do. That's unwritten rule. Anytime you get hit in the face anywhere in soccer, you need to act like you got shot in the ear. (laughs) And the only reason why it was so definitive in who it was is because that night, Ben Spencer was wearing long sleeves. He's the only one that was wearing long sleeves. Him and uh, Whelan do look similar. There's a height discrepancy, but on TV, you can't really tell that. But the sleeves were the one. And also, uh, Zach Lubin was holding back Ben when the whole thing was happening so I, I do think Whelan got misidentified but from what I've heard well really not heard from the league is he should be available uh, for the quarterfinal but my point in getting to that was I would want to have your center back duo solidified which I think I think is going to be Whelan and Cochran so I think this will actually give us a preview as to who's number three is it Mala or is it Farrell um, I think Mala's been better what do you think I would I would expect him to to bring Mala yeah. uh, in the starting eleven um, in the midfield. I think we kind of know. I mean, we even after the match when we asked him about it, he straight up said, you know, "I didn't have Kevin Lambert." 
know, he was on suspension <laughs> for yellow card accumulation. Yeah. So I think we all know what the starting eleven is going to be. It's been pretty consistent. Um, you know, we want to see Jason Johnson get in better form. Joey Calistri has been that, you know, clutch sub, and Ben Spencer's been in form. He's got three goals in two games, so that's really good to see him. And, and Calistri has been in form. Seeing those guys uh, getting form as you go into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't kill anybody if Picaro's not ninety minutes. Don't play him ninety minutes. Um, I want to ask you about this though. So we've seen in the last couple matches with Kalistri playing one of the wings when he comes in, maybe him and, and Jason Johnson, mm-hmm. and you see Solo drop to Bacaro's role. Yeah. And it almost feels like a FIFA move where you're taking the guy, you know, <laughs> yeah. into the into that position. And I love that move. I, I think it's uh I think you need it when when it's needed. Yeah, yeah. 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 What what do you think about it? I like it a lot. We talked about it all the way back at the start of the season. This is how long the season has been when Ajax beat uh, whoever they beat. We were talking about Van de Beek and how he would play in that role, sort of. And while he was on the wing as well, Solo was kind of doing that earlier in the season. Um, I don't think it's the best way to get 100% of Solo's skill out of him. Ideally, you have someone who can do that job for them. But when you need it, you need it. And the offense needs it right now. Yeah, if there's a lull and something's not happening. I think it's important for Flemings to be on that other wing, which is the issue right now. When is he? Is he already back? He'll be back. Okay. So that's important, I think. But at the same time... Use it when you need it, but you don't. You shouldn't need it. That's the point. The team is too yeah. good to require backup or plan. need him to do it. It's a good backup plan, and maybe it's the plan right now to get everyone uh, on the same track. What's your prediction for Friday? For Friday, I'll go three now. Love it. You think they're going to figure it out? I'll be the pessimist then. One one draw. That's where I'm going to go. Uh, this OKC team. Has lost a lot of matches recently. They've lost one, two, three, four, and five of their last six. Not a good run of form, but rising isn't the best. Everything is aligning for them to figure it out. I hope they do. Uh, Playoff soccer we get to talk about next week. We'll be previewing uh, the quarterfinal match and looking back at the final match against OKC and then also talking about that playing game which will be on the day we record looking forward to that very excited to be at this point in the season thanks for listening everyone peace